Hi, I'm Mason Dugachek, and I'm here with Mish Hancock. Hello. And we're trying to bring some of our offline conversations and rant sessions. I guess we've been <laughs> ranting a little bit, raving a little bit about some challenges. And, and uh, between the two of us, we've kind of come up with some, some ideas and perspectives that might be helpful to some of you out there, and we wanted to share them. Yeah. So I hear a lot of folks talking about, um, we've, we've talked about this in other videos, but it's been a big thing lately where I've seen companies dropping their hiring standards because they, and I'm using air quotes here on purpose, right. they need bodies. Right. And, you know, if I've talked to them about, you know, good employment assessment strategies and pre-employment testing stuff, they're like, if they can fog a mirror, we'll hire them. Well, if that's, if that's your strategy, like, because I mean, when, when unemployment's super high, there's a bunch of people looking for work, you know, companies can be very specific and say, hey, I want to be very specific in my hiring practice because I want the best one. Where in some markets where um, the demographics or the location or the part of the country located, some areas may be having a hard time drawing enough quality applicants. I get it. Um, <laughs> so how do, we, how do we help those folks? Yeah. And in some cases, a lot of times I would argue that you're better off continuing to be selective so that you don't hire the worst one. Right. You know, and if you've got a high-risk candidate, you don't have them working night shift, unsupervised by themselves around sensitive or expensive equipment. Sensible. You know, so <laughs> you know, there's ways to mitigate risks, even with some high-risk employees, if you are forced to go that way. But Makes I'm sense. a fan of, of, and a proponent of businesses being very, very selective and gathering as much information as they can about an applicant before they hire. However, that being said, that doesn't eliminate the legitimate issue that some of them have. People not showing up. Hey, so I don't have, apply. Right. Right. And, or people who aren't qualified showing up for a play. Right. Um, I mean, one thing you, you put ads and you put ads out there applying for positions and no one responds, that can be a waste of money. The other issue is, which is everybody responds. <laughs> so, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I get it, and I have admittedly seen HR, some HR managers, not all, obviously, but some, and I get it. But they've thrown up their hands and said, we can't, we just got to take anybody. And they, you know, and, or they'll com the executives will say, my recruiters are complaining because it's just too hard to get new applicants, so we just have to settle. Oh, we have to lower our standards. Gosh. And, you know, what, you know, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, but, but the answer is, I'm sorry that the job's gotten a little tougher. Right. And that's going to require that you develop some new skills or develop some new strategies or do things differently than you've done in the past. Exactly. I mean, what, what happens, you know, and, you know, and I would say the same thing to, you know, to an HR executive, I'd say to a VP of sales. A VP of sales, they have all kinds of times where the, the company has this expectation of quota and all of a sudden new competitors have come into the market, they're price cutting, they're doing mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And you know what? That makes the job more difficult and it causes a lot more stress for the VP right. of sales. But the VP of sales isn't going to go to the boss and say, oh, sorry, we can't do it. There's too much competition. There's, we're undercutting our prices. Da, 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 da. We're just going to have to take less sales. That person wouldn't have a job. It doesn't hard. go over well. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to strategic HR, you know, one of the things that Mish and I were talking about is, you know, the concept of HR being a second sales force and actually utilizing sales and marketing strategies and tactics to compete, to gain and retain top clients or top employees, the same way that a sales or, or marketing group would go after gaining and retain top customers. Exactly. So 
I asked Mitch to come in and, and kind of share some of her thoughts. She happens to be amazing when it comes to digital marketing and things like that. And I think she has some insights that would be valuable to the folks that are joining us today. Um, I want to share some of them. Sure. So, you know, whenever I think of, you know, what is marketing is getting people to pay attention to, right? And, and, it's, and it's going out there and finding the right people to pay attention to so that that getting in front of them eventually leads to them becoming a part of your Because they're out there. People are out they're there. They're out there. And, and they're, they're really they're, hard to find. They're good people looking for, actively looking for employment. But there's also people in employment situations that they they would be willing to look, sure. right? So how do you get in front of those people? Because there's a lot of people. I, I can't remember right off the top of my head, and the statistics always change, but there's a lot of people right now that are not satisfied with their job. Right. That would be If the right one came along... They would switch. Right. If they know about it and if someone reaches out to them. But like I said, you got to reach them first. But again, right, if they're not actively looking, then how do I get them to see me, you know, and, sure. and, and start to consider, oh, well, maybe I do want to take a look at this company. So just like anything, just like selling a service or product, you want to show off who you are, show your uniqueness. And I don't know a business out there that you sit down with and you say, why would I want to come work with you? Why are you unique, right? Right. Well, that right there is content. That right there, you can sit down and make a list of all the reasons why your company is unique, what you offer to people, um, what puts you above the competition when it comes to a good place to work. That right there is you're developing the content which you need to put out there in social media okay. in order to find people. Now, once you have that content, the next part is i got to advertise to the right people. I had to get this in front of the right audience. LinkedIn and, and Facebook just have amazing platforms that uh, both know about the benefits and the interests and, and what are people doing out there, right? And you can, you, can, you can utilize these platforms in order to refine those audiences and get in front of the right people. Can you give an example? Sure. So um, let's say, so as an exam, example, you... Uh, I may show an interest in climbing mountains. Okay. Okay? So, Miss Hancock has bought this book, and she's watched this movie, and she really likes stuff about mountain climbing. That's my interest. My behavior, however, isn't, I'm going to go mountain climbing. I haven't shown any history of purchasing mountain climbing equipment, that right. kind of thing. So, that's part of the, what, do we look, what are their interests and what are their behaviors, okay. right? Um, an interest may be like for someone buying a car as an example my interest is I'm showing that I may be interested in buying a car because I've been looking around so flip this for the HR person the interest is I've been kind of looking at some other companies similar to mine right Okay. I haven't taken any action though my behavior isn't showing it yet because I haven't really filled out an application okay. right? but I'm showing an interest so let's start with the interest people and let's Help them on a journey to us. Okay. Right? So then you can send out various pieces of information in front of these people in order to get them to want to know more. And and if you think of a sales funnel, so now... So in other words, if I was trying to reach you, let me make sure I'm keeping up with here. So if I were trying to reach someone like you, and I've got a company in Colorado... Right. Where I have mountains close and the type of lifestyle that and might you're thinking, appeal to I you. I need a social media expert that would like 
living out here, right? That could all be a part of that mix, right? And so you can send this out across the nation to and, and target people who have an interest in outdoor life and and hiking and what have you, because I'm in Colorado, so, so like, but I'm also looking for the social media expert that would love to relocate to Colorado. Okay, or let's say let's say something very specific, like um, let's I own a CPA firm in Colorado. Okay. So I'm looking for a CPA who might have um, follow uh, REI, or you know, like they like they've liked the REI page and they read Outdoor Magazine, and you know, so there's so there's a way that you can target that maybe group of like people. Biking yes, and, and say, hey, CPAs who also happen to enjoy the outdoors. We, we are a CPA firm in Colorado. We're your place, right? And you start out with enticing them enough to give you an email address, let's say. So they give you that email address, and then that allows you to continue to market to them both through your Facebook advertising or LinkedIn advertising, whatever it may be, and then also um, to send them little bits of information so that they become a warm lead, if you will, okay. but a warm lead to come work for you. And what's so exciting is as you build up this list of people and you, you continue to get these email addresses, you can upload those. Like you could upload those email addresses to Facebook and say, Facebook, I want you to send out my this advertising about my awesome new offering out to these people. And will you also create a lookalike audience of these people for me to send this information out to? Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Right? So you can continue to just grow and grow and grow that list of people. Once they've given you that email address, they've definitely shown an interest. Right? And it may not be that they're going to move to Colorado tomorrow, but they're thinking down the line and they want to keep you on their radar. So you want to keep being able to talk to them and send out information to them. The, the co-author of my first book in 1999 was a guy by the name Alan Minster. Mm -hmm. And he always talked about... Um, the difference between sales and marketing. He said marketing is like planting a crop in the springtime. You kill the bugs, you water the soil, you fertilize it, and you give it time to grow. So sales is the harvest. Right. He goes, but so often people try to harvest when no crops been planted. Right. Right. Or worse, they don't bother to follow up and someone else comes along and reaches worth with efforts. And where I see that being relevant here is if you're reaching out to someone, they may not be ready to, to, to they may be qualified to do the job at a CPA firm in Colorado. Right. But they may not be interested enough yet to take action. But if, you know, you're continually putting content in front of them that talks about the active lifestyle of your the employees at your company and and flow trips that you guys did as a company and, and now you're and going now all of a sudden you're you got an office view of, of the mountains and you versus that person sitting in traffic and that person might be sitting in traffic one day thinking I don't want to sit in rush hour traffic for two hours here, right? I got to get out of here and that continual flow of getting the right message to the ideal employee, potential employee exactly. for a time. And then the whole point is at a certain point in time, they become interested and you're the one that they think of because you've done your marketing, you've developed a relationship with them and communicated content and whatnot specifically for them and their interests. And, and what are they, what's that old saying? The only reason to market this year is because of next year or something. Right. Like that. Well, yeah, but you know, you know but you you're going to need people and, tomorrow. And marketing is something year. you don't stop doing. I mean, right. you know, it, it, but it's the, the people that, I mean, to me, the thought is, is that I can know the name of a company, but I don't really understand what it's like to work for that company. 
And if you are that awesome, because I mean, we all have heard like the big companies that people go work for, it's, like, it's a hot mess over there. You do not want to work for them. They're a huge company. They're super successful, but they treat their people like crap, so they have a lot of the right. revolving door thing, right? Nobody wants to work there. But let's say you're this great, awesome company, but nobody knows how awesome you are to work for. Right. You know? You, you've got to send that message out to everyone so that, and, and then refine, like I said, so like maybe cast a wide net in the beginning, but we're continually refining, refining, refining so that you get to the exact people you want to talk to. And those people are coming and saying, I want to come work for you. So I've got a question okay. that I suspect some people out there watching are thinking about. Okay. And... Sometimes it's, uh, I think it's Chef Hiking one time told me, think like the buyer, not the supplier. So um, thinking like uh, the person who wants to switch jobs or may be interested in your company, I mean, they want to see personality. They want to see authenticity. They want to, they want to know what's real and what is really going to be involved if they make a switch. I get that. Right. The challenge is there are a lot of companies out there who, for back, lack of a better word, are a little stuffy, a little corporate-ish. Yeah. And, you know, the... They put content out that is so sterile and and forgettable and it takes courage. So <laughs> that's what I was going to get at. Is, is what? How? What would you say to an HR executive or a business owner that's trying to build a force that's sensitive to their company image? And I mean, I know there's a bunch of different conflicting values there. What? advice do you have for them or what things should they be considering if they want to utilize digital marketing effectively right to get so more good ideal candidates are you saying that i might be a stuffy company but I, you don't necessarily want stuffy people no, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying that that you, you know, want to I, get we're sitting here people. talking about things to help that could help people that are in charge of recruiting right and one of the things that some of them may have as as a challenge to overcome is what they say about their company and how they say it. Gotcha. So they may be a little bit restricted. I mean, like insurance, I mean, insurance companies are so strict about anything they do marketing, like compliance. Oh, sure, issue. right, right, compliance and, and, and such. And it's just, like, one of my favorite books of all time, and it's, it's been out for a long time, it's called The Clue Train Manifesto. And it really talks about being authentic, and it talks about it's people try to be safe in their marketing communication. Exactly. And the, the general gist of it was that... Um, Typical, and I'm using air quotes, stuffy corporate types um, right. might think it's safe to be sterile and, you know, professional in your writing. I, yeah, but I'm the so problem is, you. the problem is, it isn't safe. It's risky. It's risky. Being safe is risky because you're forgettable. You're not, and you're not, yes. It's like you look like everything else. I ha In fact, I've got, um, I, I so we have a client that um, he is in a space that is highly competitive and um, all the commercials of people, he's a lawyer, but all the commercials look the same. Like he, there's no difference between this lawyer's commercial to that lawyer's commercial. So we are working with him to produce content that puts him at a different level, that, that, so he's much more memorable. And so it's kind of like, instead of talking about what we can't talk about, let's talk about what we can talk about, okay. right? So. If your company is very regulated and, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of kind of confining rules around what you can and cannot do, then the conversation is, well, what can you talk about? You know, maybe it's 
it's showing on Facebook a much a lighter type area, right? A lighter type platform, um, and showing everybody going out to the baseball game together. Surely you can talk about your people going out to a baseball game sure. together. Going out to lunch together, where you're, you know, maybe tagging some of the local lunch hotspots, so you're becoming a part of that community. I always want to do that axe throwing. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Let's go throw axes. Face. Oh my gosh, we'd be so good at it. Um, so you know, it's like it's it's like showing that cultural part of your of your company. Like, right. yeah, during the day we're in our business suits, and you know, we're all about business. But at night, we have fun, and we like each other enough to hang out with each other. You have a book, People Matter Most, right? That Show how your people matter to you, because that says a lot about, do I want to come work for you? And it doesn't have to be all, you know, we're so businessy, we got our ties on, and we're at meetings, and look at us with our cool notebooks, or what have you. It can also be, yeah, that's, that's us. We're serious about what we do as a company, but on the off hours... We know how to have fun. We know how to smile and laugh and we've got families and, you know, we, we bring them together for company picnics and what have you. Showing that shows the full everything authenticity of your company. So what I hear you saying, and let's correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is that H, folks in charge of recruiting in HR look who, who may be restricted in what they can say. You're basically encouraging them to, or what they can't say, Right. Uh, you're basically encouraging them to look at what they can say can and make the most say? of it. And yeah. sometimes it may not even be what you say, but how you say it. Sometimes a picture being worth a thousand words, and I would argue that a video is worth a million words because if you can get that's right, yeah, yeah, that's you the, can if you can get the video. And it's so easy nowadays. You right. ha, you have it with you at all times, and and social media can be pretty forgiving, especially on this fun end of things where you're showing kind of the lighter side of the company. You know, it doesn't have to be some high production. And certainly ought not to be fake or staged. Exactly. No, just show the authentic everything of the people, you know. And and that is attractive to people. What um, Do you have a specific preference of LinkedIn or Facebook or advantages and disadvantages, both? What are your thoughts on, on those? Um, there are advantages to being on all platforms for many reasons. Okay. Uh, but I think that, you know, it's... With every company, it's let's sit down and let's look at who do you want to get to first and where are we going to find them and what is the messaging around all of that and what is your budget? You know, that's another thing people have to look at is, is let's be realistic about, you know, if a company is, if they're doing, let's say they're, we're going to do this on our own. We're going to like kind of dip our toe in the social media waters and see what, what happens, right? They're going to have to determine how much money am I going to spend for advertising? How much money am I going to spend to create this content? And everybody has different budgets to work within, and then how do I make the most of that budget? Well, I would encourage HR folks or anybody in charge of recruiting um, to, to not be, let me rephrase that, to be bold when having those conversations about that. Because you don't, if, a, if a VP of sales goes, goes and says, hey, I need this much money to generate this much revenue, people are like, well, okay. It's so true. Because it's, they can see the payoff. Like, I'm going to invest this amount for, for sales to get this return on it. That's a good deal. Go do it. Right. Well, I, I would encourage HR folks to sit down, and I developed this thing called the Human Capital Calculator. It really t- talks about exactly. it breaks out the cost of turnover, um, the cost of low employee engagement. And it is, when you put the pencil to it, it is devastating. I mean, people it's an don't realize. It I is mean, an it eye-over. really is. It will it will take people aback. So I mean, in the short version, if you took, I mean, 
you can be very, very specific, but I mean, if you just said uh, the average cost of replacing the average employee is 21% of their annual salary, and you say, how many employees do you have right now? How many W-2s did you have last year? What's the average salary? Multiply that times 20%. You know what annual turnovers cost you? I mean, that's an overly simplified formula, but I right. assure you, it's it's not inexpensive. So when you go to um, the powers of B and say, hey, I need this kind of budget for this, well, here's why. So we can avoid that. <laughs> here, here, here is, the, here is exactly. the payoff. Just like sales can go and say, I need this much revenue, to, or I need this much uh, of a budget to accomplish this, these sales goals, I would encourage you to be bold and go in and say, hey, you know what? Sales is right. They're competing, they're marketing, they're advertising to get this. Well, I'm marketing and competing and advertising to save that. Right. And, and those tools are available for them to get to, 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 to utilize right now, to show the powers that be what they can do. Yeah. So I, I appreciate this, and I'm sure we'll have more conversation on this, I, but I hope that the folks viewing today and joining us and sharing this content um, are walking away with confidence and ideas and perspectives on, on how to maneuver that space, which for a lot of HR people is is uncharted territory. Yeah. And um, obviously be bold. Be bold. I say be bold. Be bold <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and be authentic and reach outside of some of the traditional things that you've done in the past that may not be working as well as it did that everyone else is doing. And instead of, you know, banging your head against the wall doing the same stuff, you know, try some of this stuff and, you know, or contract an expert who is a... In the, not my expertise in that area, more hers, but um, find someone who can kind of coach you through that stuff. And, and then when you have enough quality applicants, you can, can and should be as selective as possible. If you're going to spend that much money and that much work to get qualified individuals in the door, then you darn sure need to make sure you, get, you don't cut corners when it comes to selecting the, the best one. Exactly. So, you know, in a nutshell, and I guess in a, in a wrap, my encouragement to anybody viewing is to... Is to don't be is to not be afraid of trying some new things, getting into digital marketing, and thinking like a marketer and turning your HR function into a second sales force where you compete for gaining and retain top talent the way your sales and marketing people fight to gain and retain top uh, customers. So, I love it. I'm excited for them. So excited thanks. For you guys. We'll, we'll